0: Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas, and in today's episode, we are talking all things speech as it relates to your little ones. I invited my friends Brooke and Bridget, the speech sisters, onto the podcast, and we are talking about ways that you can support speech from the start, how to make it fun, which Brooke and Bridget always do. And we also talk about some of the emotional experiences as a parent that can show up when you're navigating milestones and your kiddos. So, feelings like guilt. I share a little bit about my own story around this. And we talk about some of the overwhelm that I know so many parents are feeling these days when it comes to having so much information and resources at your fingertips that our parents didn't have. Our parents didn't have Instagram and they weren't following a bunch of speech therapists and mental health therapists and physical therapists and sleep experts and feeding experts when they were navigating those early years of parenthood, but we are, and sometimes it can be overwhelming, so we talk about that too. I can't wait to share them with all of you and our conversation, so let's get to it. While I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Brooke and Bridget, my friends. I am so excited to get a chance to have a conversation and share it with everyone today about speech, all things speech with the speech sisters. Brooke and Bridget, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Thanks for having us. We're so happy to be here.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, we are friends, so we chat often, but it's such a joy to get a chance to really dive in and talk about the work that you do and talk about speech Um especially for me as a mom of three, two of whom who have already been through speech therapy and one who is continuing in speech therapy and one who recently graduated from speech therapy. Yay! And I, it's been such a big part of, our lives. And I know that a lot of people who are tuning in are going to have questions about speech um, at different stages. And so first and foremost, can you share a little bit about your background and your kind of passion and what brought you to do the work that you do today?
1: Absolutely. So this is Brooke, and I'm the older sister by just just two years. Um, But I started off working in special education, and um, I worked very closely with the speech therapist at the school I was working in and really loved what she was doing and thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and get my master's in speech and language pathology. And so I did and started working as a speech therapist, now Bridget was in college and I told, I was like, you should definitely um, study communication disorders. And so she did. And then um, she can kind of yeah. tell you she.
2: I, I took some time off and and worked in the corporate world for a bit. And Brooke kept saying, like, I wasn't happy. And Brooke's like, you have to go back for speech and go get your master's. So I went back, and then a few years later, we're originally from Massachusetts. Um, I had moved out to uh, California when I was 22, and I think, gosh, when we were probably like close to 30-ish, uh, Brooke was like, "I Shane is getting, her husband is getting transferred out to LA, and when she got here, I'm like, we should do something together. Yeah. So in 2012, we opened a private practice. And we specialize in early intervention. So we've been doing that for the last, gosh, almost nine years. Yeah. And that's sort of how Speech Sisters came about is we were going into homes and coaching parents on how to get involved in the process of early intervention. And we just had this idea like, gosh, we could really reach more families and help more parents uh, if we go online and and use a platform like Instagram or something like that. So that's how it kind of all came to be. Yeah. And now I
0: love I love it because you gosh, if I had followed an account like yours, you know, okay, when was the first year that my daughter, my oldest um when they started to notice that there might be some Speech struggles. Okay, it was she was in preschool. So I think she was four okay. and she's nine now. So five years ago, gosh, if I had been following you guys five years ago, I would have, it would have been such an easier transition into getting her the support that she needed because at the time, I didn't really, I'm a therapist, but I don't know. I'm not a speech therapist. <laughs> and yeah. So it was a whole new world. And some of the terms and the things that they were sharing with me were very overwhelming at the time. And I was very hesitant to move forward in that direction. Um, just because of honestly, I think there was, some. Um, Guilt around it for me of like, gosh, did we do something wrong that she is struggling in some of these things? There was some denial of like, what? no, I don't see what you're saying, and um, I, I don't know. I was, I was so uncertain, and I think that if I have been following an account like yours, you really demystify this world of speech therapy, and you do it in a way that's so accessible and fun, and friendly and non-judgmental and just so supportive. I think that I would have gotten her honestly services a lot earlier than I did. And so I'm just so grateful to you guys for what you're doing. And I'm sure there are so many parents that you touch on a daily daily basis. Thank
2: Thank you. you. (laughs) That was our goal. Yeah,
0: that's why we do what
2: we do. Yeah. That was our mission. I mean I think we saw so many parents struggle with this and Time and time again, we just kept hearing parents be like, well, gosh, I wish I would have done something sooner. and Or I wish
1: I would have known I wish that I, I could have done that mm-hmm. or this, you know, advocate for myself or my child or just do these, you know, kind of easy things at home that may help. And so we thought we just need to get the word out there. We need to educate parents and-
2: Empower parents. Yes.
0: Mm. About exactly. The well, mission accomplished. <laughs> we are doing that. And yeah, so um, let me share a little bit of of our experience with speech therapy. So like I had said, back when my daughter was in preschool, um, they actually have speech therapists on campus, and which is so great. Yeah. Um, and I know that that is um, – we were really fortunate to be in that situation to have speech therapists that were available to do assessments. And so the, her teacher had noticed some challenges that our daughter was having around um, both expressive and receptive um, language and also um, enunciations. Mm-hmm. And so they had her assessed, and I met with the speech therapist. And I think that I – I think it just really took me by surprise because I hadn't – I was not aware of expressive and receptive language and what that even meant. And so when she started sharing some of the things that she had noticed – I think that I was, I, I don't think, I know I was very resistant um, because a part of me was like, gosh, I mean, are you, do they, are they just picking up on things that like any child would be struggling with? Um, I think there was also a little bit of guilt that kind of brought in that resistance of um, our are you are you telling me that I've done something wrong and of course they weren't but I think that just as a parent you <laughs> you, you can like guilt can kind of pop in the driver's seat sometimes and in my case it kept me from... Pursuing their suggestions further at the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, the next, then in kindergarten, um, you know, once, you know, the school stuff starts to get a little bit harder, and we had a parent teacher conference, and the teacher had like three pages of examples of expressive and receptive language challenges that she saw. And she was really encouraging us to get Riley support and to get a full assessment. At this point in time, I'm like, oh my gosh, the guilt is just like revved up because I'm like, oh, we could have like done something so much sooner, so like had earlier intervention. But we went then because there's no better time than now, right? And so we went then and got her fully assessed and – um you know, what I what I ended up really discovering from that full assessment was, wow, I learned so much about my child mm. that I didn't know before. And we were able to get, and to understand better, like situations where I was maybe talking to her about something and I felt like she wasn't fully grasping everything that I was saying. And then when she would respond, the details weren't there. And it was something where, you know, I, in getting her fully assessed and in getting some of these, what felt like at the time labels, and I really struggle with labels um, as a clinician because I think that sometimes labels can take on a life of their own. And I didn't want anybody to treat her differently because of these quote unquote labels or these diagnoses, but these diagnoses helped us get the support that we needed. And I was able to reframe it for myself as a way for me to better understand my child. And gosh, now (laughs) you know, she is nine. And she recently, the speech therapist that she's seeing reached out to us. We, we did another assessment. She's had a couple of assessments throughout. And they're like, you know what? She's good. Like That's she great. is good. And to see her now in third grade, where if we hadn't gotten her the support, they had said, you know, around like third, fourth grade is when you can start to see the challenges really kind of show up academically. Yes. Um, and she's thriving and she's she's no longer in speech therapy. And so I look back at myself at, you know, when she was in kindergarten, feeling the guilt. I even look back at myself in the preschool, you know, that preschool conference and being so uncertain and questioning things. And I just want to go back and hug myself yes. <laughs> and tell myself like, just wait, like this, 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 this girl that you are concerned is going to struggle with Understanding some of these, um, you know, abstract concepts. Like, uh, can I just, I want to share an example. Like, I remember one time walking in and she was looking in the mirror, and I was like, What's going on? And she's like, I just wonder if I'm beautiful, if I'm pretty. And gosh, I was like, This is a really important parenting moment. And we kind of had this conversation around what is pretty? Like, how do you understand what pretty means? What is beauty? And all of these things. And I felt like I wasn't sure if she was totally grasping some of these abstract concepts. And when I asked, you know, for kind of to check in later on, I didn't really know if she really understood everything that we were talking about or if she understood these abstract ideas and they felt really important. But what I was able to do is I was able to talk to the speech therapist about some of these things and she really supported this really important topic and I, gosh, just, I think about all the ways in which the speech therapist has helped me as a parent and helped me in relating to my daughter and understanding her at this deep level. And I just have so much respect for the field. It has played such a pivotal role in our family. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the work that you guys do and how you are doing the work that you're doing and trying to bring it to this larger larger masses, you know, and no. making it so accessible. Um, yeah, it mean, so was a very long winded way of sharing how much so, I, was I, I love hearing that
1: because as speech therapists, it, it's common that we, we start working with a child like at the preschool age or maybe even earlier. And then, you know, we don't always work with them throughout because they might, move on to a different location or a different or a school, different school or graduate a different even. or graduate yeah. or a different therapist, but we don't always see that the final outcome. And so it's so, it's so interesting to hear, you know, your story, your daughter's story and um, just kind of where she started and, and how she ended up. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Love that.
2: And so much of the research, and this is kind of why we created some of our courses, talks about getting involved early. And like you're saying, like you guys started right then when you found out and being proactive and getting that early intervention going can make such a difference down the road and really help a child achieve academic success.
0: Yeah. Mm, yeah, and we are, we're seeing it. I mean, we just had parent-teacher conferences last week and the things that she was t- saying that, that my, our daughter is thriving in or some of the things that were concerns in the beginning and it's just such a testament to that, to getting those, to, to taking the step to get support. And I share my story because I think that, you know, some other, some parents might also worry about labels or diagnoses or feelings. Feel um, guilty if they didn't take a step early enough, and I just want to share how these um, quote unquote labels and diagnoses, you know, were actually a way for me to get to know my daughter more deeply, um, and I, as a parent, could be an advocate for others, not you know, having these labels or diagnoses um, be all of who she is or take up her identity in terms of how other adults relate to her, right? Like as her Mm -hmm. parent, I could advocate for that. And she's a nine-year-old, she's nine years old now and she graduated from speech therapy and she's doing so well in some of these areas that I thought that she might struggle with. And so that's why I share that story. But Brooke and Bridget, can you demystify it a little bit more for us. Like what, what is speech therapy? What happens in speech therapy? And what are some of the, the, you know, experiences that a child might be going through that could lead to um, speech therapy being a really supportive place for a parent to, to take their child?
1: That's such a great question. You know, we early on um, when, when children are, are younger, we talk a lot, and you'll hear a lot about are they meeting their milestones, right? So this could be for, you know, motor skills, or for us, it's communication skills, and talking, um, also understanding, like what you were saying, the, the receptive language and the expressive language. We have milestones for, for almost everything, and so when kiddos are little, we it's it. This is why milestones are are there and they're so important because if a child is not meeting their milestones that needs to be addressed, and we need to get down to the root of why they're not meeting those milestones, and so that we can give them the intervention that they need and help them. And I think um, speech therapy, especially at, a, at an early age, can really, really do that. And clearly, like as you know, you've experienced, it's uh, it helps, and it and it helps to get in there and and get it done early. And there's there's many different areas. I mean, there's receptive language, the understanding. There's expressive, which is, you know, the verbal output. Then there's articulation, which is the actual speech sounds. And there's pragmatic language, which is social language. So there's there's a lot that is involved in what we do. And therapy can be done in all those areas, just depending on what the child needs. So, um, you know, it, it, it works. It helps. And, and I think,
2: you know, building that that support system early on allows the child to have more success in so mm. many different areas. Like we were saying before, academics, but it's so much more than that. Like building friendships, conversational skills, problem solving,
1: yeah, you know, awesome. there's, yeah, so many, so many areas because language is the foundation to everything. I mean, it, you need a firm, solid language foundation of, understanding in order to be able to learn. So it, mm. it really is, you know, so important that that is established at a young age. And if it's not, or those milestones are not being met, it's important to get in there and get early intervention. Mm. Um, you know, I think a lot of parents don't know this because how would they know? You know, it's not really talked about. And um, unless you are a therapist or an educator, y- you may not, you may not know this. And so that, again, is another reason why we were just so excited and um, eager to get out there and talk, uh, like, get this out there and, you know, tell parents um, and empower parents and, and teach parents about all this. So...
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And I can, I mean, it's, you're so right that language is the foundation for so many things, for how we connect with each other. It's for how we make sense of the world around us. And, and then yes, of course for academics too, but I know that for for us, like we were, we we really wanted, yes, for the academic piece to be something that speech could support, um, but we could see the impact that it would have on friendships and mm-hmm. social relationships, and we started to see how she would kind of shut down when there was more than one friend um, that she was talking with or when there were um, big emotions happening around her. Um, and I think it played a part in when our son was born, she struggled in that transition. And, um, and looking back, right, because of course, looking back, now I can understand where some of the things that she was struggling with were related actually to, to some of the speech stuff oh, um, sure. and having a more challenging time um, expressing some of the things that she was feeling when her her little brother was born, and you know what I think was the perspective after we had gotten support for her was then we were able to get much earlier support for our son um, and to pick up on things much sooner and to support his speech earlier on as well because we became just so much more informed and empowered, like you had said. So what are some of the ways in which parents who are listening can support speech from the start? So I have a seven month old and I have your course and I I just, gosh, if I had that resource the first time around, it would have been such a different experience because I would have felt so much more informed and empowered earlier on um, and been, to, been able to support her, right, in ways in which now I know and then I didn't, right? Um, but what are, what are some ways in which parents can be supporting speech from the start?
2: So like Brooke was saying, I think it's important to know the my, the communication milestones. Um, we have like a free milestone checklist that we give parents so that they know what the target should be at each age as a child develops. And gosh, I mean, for early on... You want to talk talk, yes, talk talk to your baby. But it's it's not just about talking and and kind of having like this long script and long-winded sentences to your baby because that's going to kind of go over their head. It's it's a certain way that you want to talk to your baby and um you know one of our pointers is using like a parent ease voice which is a high-pitched sing-songy uh, speaking style that research actually shows is beneficial to helping a baby learn language. And awesome. this will grab okay, Can you give us
0: an example? Can you, yeah. uh, you, uh, you guys are the queens of parentheses. Yeah, what what are, are we talking sure. about here?
2: <laughs> so maybe you would say, oh, I see your nose. That's your nose. Nose. So it's kind of going up and down. But even beyond that speaking style is, bringing words to life. So pointing to things as you say them. So you would point to your nose or touch your baby's nose or point to a nose in a book, Um, show an item as you do it, do an action as you do it so that those words get uh, the meaning, you know, comes out of Mm the words for the child. And repeating those
1: words, like in the example Bridget just did, she said the word knows three times. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, your baby heard that multiple times, plus you're saying it in that voice. So your baby's super engaged and she's showing what she's talking about. And so that learning is really happening. That mm-hmm. that receptive language is kicking into gear and that and the baby is soaking it all in. And the more you do these things especially during your everyday routines that happen every single day, the quicker your baby will learn language.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we talk about. You know, we just tell parents, you don't need to sit down and like do speech therapy. That will just (laughs) as a parent, that's impossible. Or like, I'm going to
1: work on language right now. Right.
2: (laughs) Like, what do you do as you are pouring your coffee in the morning that you do every single morning with your baby on your hip how do you build language in that situation? The everyday wow. things that you are doing, no matter what. Yeah. Like Stella knew how to pour coffee from the- Who <laughs> <It> was 10 <laughs> months old. Oh, yeah. I mean, at 10 months old, she would push the button and say, on, hot. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um
1: but like, but it works. It, it works. works. It's the
2: repetition.
1: It's the it's the style of talking. And you know, we do we also say kind of slow down and simplify your language. Obviously this isn't you can't, you know, talk and be like this every single day all the time, especially I think it's a little bit easier when it's your first child, Mm -hmm. but especially with multiple children, it's, I mean, the other ones you're like, hurry up, let's go, you know, you're trying to just get through the day. But in those moments where you can just take the opportunity to do it, to slow down and, you know, really think about the language you're using and how you're saying things and, you know, all those tips. Mm.
0: So one thing that my seven month old loves is when I like pretend to eat her hand. So like when her hand is like on my like mouth. Right. And so the other day we were playing that game. Cause whenever I like, kind of like chew on her hand and like, mom, 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 like she yeah. just laughs and giggles. And then I was like, wait, Ma, ma ma and she has her hand on my mouth, wow. and in in that moment, is her actually feeling me say those words? Like actually feeling my mouth move? Is that actually supporting her speech in that moment? Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, it's it's so good. We we kind of have a word for that.
1: We call it the trifecta. So you're seeing it or the baby is seeing it. So as long, if you're face to face and she can see your mouth and then mm-hmm. feeling it. So hands on and also mm-hmm. hearing it. And mm-hmm. those it's are like
2: multi-sensory approach. Yes. Really.
1: Yes. And our actually, we're in the process of writing um, our third course right now, which will be targeting speech sounds and articulation. So kind of helping parents or giving parents some some tips on how they can help with in that area and we talk a lot about this trifecta and how important it is. So, yes. Yeah. You're doing all the right
0: things. So you didn't even realize it it's, but it's working. And it's fun, you know, and it's connecting and I think that that's what I love about what you guys do and offer both on social media and in the courses as is these these are really ideas for ways that we can just also be bonding with our with our babies and our kids and our toddlers, you know, like it's, it's, these are fun and they're connecting experiences while also, while also supporting development. And the reason, the reason I want to name that here um, and why I love your approach so much is I, I think that it is so cool how much access to, therapists and professionals and service providers and resources that parents now have at their fingertips this generation. I also see how overwhelming it can be at times. Like I open my social media, Instagram feed and I'm scrolling and I am getting like so much information, but also bombarded with information about physical therapy for kids and how to support crawling and rolling and walking and speech and how to get my baby talking and how to parent my baby so that they grow up to be emotionally like supported. And oh my goodness, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I think that sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Like I need, oh my gosh, like I need to be like doing physical therapy and speech therapy and emotional play therapy with my baby and toddler all day long. I know. I know. Uh, I don't know. And so, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about that? Any message you want to share with, with any parents? Yeah. That are listening? I
2: mean, I've really been feeling it a lot too as of recently. I think – You know, a few years back when we started this on Instagram, it was very niche and there weren't many people doing this and people were just over the moon, oh my gosh, I have this information at my fingertips. But I think now it's just almost overly saturated. Yes. And yeah. The overwhelm is real. And I think it kind of just creates like anxiety. Right. And um almost makes parents feel like they can't do it, um, rather than they can. So it's like kind of doing the reverse. Exactly. But you know,
1: our whole thing is we, we don't want it to feel that way. You know, like most of our posts are just little tips about like, Try this, you know, but it—it's not. It, we don't want parents to feel like they have to sit down and do speech therapy, like you said, and like we said, it's—it's it's more just how to talk to your little one with the intent of building their language in a very naturalistic way. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have parents that will say, "Well, what if I didn't do any of this? What if I just, you know, just did, just went about my life, and how would my kid turn out?" And you know what? Probably just fine because we did. Our parents didn't have social media to, you know, help them through. Right. But at the same time, it is nice to have the knowledge. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 a benefit in in a lot of ways. It can be overwhelming, but it is nice to be able to you know learn the tips and have a little bit of the knowledge to just. Put in your back pocket for when you're ready to yeah. use it.
2: And I do think, you know, there are certain accounts that when you need it, you need it. Um, I think yeah. just like scrolling on Instagram definitely can get overwhelming. But if your child is 24 months and they're not saying any words yet, like, this is a resource you're going to dive into and you're going to need and you're going to look up just like if I'm struggling postpartum, like, and I found you, you would be my go-to person every day I would be coming back. So it's sort of, you know, knowing that, yes, it can be overwhelming, I think, but there are definitely people out there who need these resources because they're struggling.
0: Right absolutely, yeah, I just shared a podcast episode this week, so when when our episode goes live, I'll make sure I'll include a link in the show notes for anybody who's interested in listening to this right now and wants to hear more all about the sort of the wellness overload um with another therapist friend of mine um sit with with Whitney Goodman, and yeah, we talk about this, and one of the things that we we suggest is kind of being really intentional and in curating your like who you're following at that moment Mm -hmm. in time, right? Like if you – and some ways that you can do that is you can actually um, put on notifications for certain feeds. You can mute certain feeds. You can unfollow, of course. You can set um, a feed as a a close friend. um, And that is really going to allow you to be intentional in curating, right? Sort of all – because it can feel like just so much noise, right? It's like if I follow – 10 physical therapists for kids accounts and five speech therapists and four feeding (laughs) accounts and 10 sleep accounts and 20 therapists. Oh my gosh. It can feel, um, very overwhelming. Right. And I think what it can do is it can turn on that sort of stress response and it can turn on that sort of like freeze response where you actually just feel frozen, right? Yes, um, And that's not helpful. And so, you know, I love that you're kind of honoring that there's certain seasons, certain times, certain, certain accounts that might present it in a way that just really resonates with you. And it's okay to, yeah, just take, be really intentional and kind of curate the information that you're receiving so that it can actually be serve the purpose it's meant to, which is to be supportive and helpful. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's so (sighs) important right now.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I'd I love to also just hear a little bit about some of the like guilt as it relates to milestones because I know that this is something um, that you've actually had me come on your yeah. feet and talk about. Um, but I would love to just hear your take on this because it was a big part of our story and our journey to feel um, guilty, right? Like, did I not do enough um, is this something that we did? Um, did we not get early in- intervention? Um, was it not early enough, right? All of these things that guilt can pop in and whisper in your ear, guilt saying I've done something wrong, and then it can turn into shame, the experience yes. of maybe there's actually something wrong with me or something wrong with my child, right? Exactly. Ugh, can be such a spiral. Um, anything that you guys, that you two would would want to share about that for any parents that are listening?
1: think it's so important just for parents to give themselves some grace and just know that no matter what the issue is when it's your child you're always going to question was it something you did was it something you know it's it's natural I think and it, it's it's normal and it's okay but just-
2: also having just the reminder that every child is different right they're like <laughs> like little snowflakes, like little fingerprints, every child is different. So yes, we have these milestones in place in different developmental areas, but no child is going to be exactly the same. Where one child excels, one child may need some, you know, work on another area and vice versa. And um, it's just so important to know that your child, you know, we, we always use this quote, like popcorn is, remember popcorn is prepared in the same pot, in the same heat, in the same oil, but the kernels do not pop at the same time. Try not mm-hmm. to compare your child to other children. His or her time to pop is coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, we love that quote because it's so true. Your child, you know, if, if they're not talking, like Maybe they're amazing climbers, or yes. they're doing great with their motor skills, or cutting skills, or whatever it is. Um, it's it's important to look at the your whole chi- child, the whole child, and your child's strengths at that moment, mm. and have faith in your child and and faith in yourself that you're doing everything that you can to it's, get them where they're going to go. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I and love that. yeah, for the people yeah. that you know, for our community, we get this all the time, people writing us, DMing us saying, I wish I should have done more. I could, I feel so guilty. And we're like, you know what? You are exactly where you need to be right now. You are here and you are, you are getting the help and you're reaching out and you're, you know, educating yourself. Exactly. You're doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really just give yourself grace and, um, you know, your, your child will,
2: will pop
0: when he's ready or he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember being in my daughter's kindergarten classroom with her teacher. And when we had, you know, during the parent teacher conferences and I actually broke into tears because I was like, oh, we should have done this so much sooner. And, and I was worried. I was concerned that this idea of um, receptive and expressive language of her struggling to understand, to receive, and to really be able to process and understand um, some of these concepts and ideas, but then also to struggle to be able to express herself. Oh, it felt so... I felt so heavy and I was so worried and I broke into tears and the teacher, oh gosh, bless teachers. <laughs> I love teachers. She put her arm around me and she was like, there is like every child has, has their thing that they are working on. Right. And, you are exactly what you said, right? Like, and there are all these strengths too, right? You have to look at the whole child and this is a way for us to understand her more deeply yeah. and we're taking the steps now to get her support and you are exactly what you said. You're exactly where you are supposed to be right now taking yes. like, taking these steps and you are- the, the, the perfect parent for that child. Right. Um, And that like those parents that are DMing you that are concerned and, Oh, I should have all the, the, all the ways in which we should on ourselves, you know, (laughs) we're shooting on ourselves all the time and it's just, you know, the fact that they are reaching out, that they are thinking about these things and they're wanting to, to support their children in these ways. Like what a reflection of their love and support for their child and the kind of parent that they are, you know? Um, And gosh, um, I just, I wish I could go back and hug myself then. But I I remind myself that I had the teacher hugging me, you know, I I was was being hugged and that's what I needed. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Yes. Yes.
0: And I just, I am so grateful to be connected to the two of you and to be in your course now and how helpful it is. And I just want to share for anyone who's listening that it does feel like just one big hug, you know, (laughs) Um, and that's how your social media feed feels. And I am going to share all those links, all those beautiful resources that you offer in the show notes. But, um, right now, could you share with our listeners where people can find you and what you are, what your offerings are?
2: You can find us on Instagram at Speech Sisters. Um, So Speech Sisters is our handle. And on our website, SpeechSisters.com.
1: And we offer two courses. We have a course for parents of babies. So like newborn to 14 months. It's called Talk on Track. And we also have a course for parents of toddlers called Time to Talk Toddler Course. And that's for toddlers that are like 14, 15 months up to 36 months. And you can find lots of information on our website.
0: Oh my goodness. It's, and I can attest to how wonderful, wonderful these courses are. And I thank you so much, Brooke and Bridget, for coming on thank the podcast. Thank you for having us. So you so nice. This was awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified Obi-Joyen to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.